0: The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to The Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Thank you for joining me on The Conqueror Approach. I have a very special guest. Jimmy Laroe is a doctor of occupational therapy, good friend of mine, uh, at Angel's Mercy and Paragon Home Health. Uh, Jimmy received his doctorate degree from Huntington University, Fort Wayne. He was a four-year varsity letter wrestler at Wabash College in which the Max Servies Desire Award was changed to the Jimmy LaRoe Desire Award in 2014. That's awesome. CEO of Empowered by Three Wrestling Academy, CEO of Whole You Coaching. Thank you for joining me, man. It's such a privilege to have you uh, on this podcast because it's very similar to my mission, just empowering others through self-mastery, getting better with mind, body, and spirit. Uh, and that's really what you do. Like you're really there out in the field, helping people recover uh, in occupational therapy, just trying to get them back to what they were doing before. Where are you, where are you located now? And tell us a little bit about uh, what you do on a daily basis, because uh, I just gave you a big background. Uh, tell us a little mm. bit about yourself, Jimmy. Musa,
1: thank you so much for that amazing introduction. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm honored to be on your your podcast here, truly, brother, that we can iron sharpens iron. And with the Conquer approach, I know that that's just one opportunity for people to truly maximize every aspect of their lives with that type of approach right? Cause everything you have the choice to change that. So really appreciate what you're doing here, man. And glad that we can align and just kind of be allies in that, man. So for me to answer your question, I am in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Now I moved, uh, here from my last job from Roswell, New Mexico. So I've been back here in Indiana now for about four and a half years, five years ish. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at now. It's been a, been a blast that's where i'm actually from too so that helps um moved back to be back with family and i got to have a a few more years with my grandpa before he passed when i did move back here so i'm super thankful for that he's definitely one of my mentors one of my heroes so yeah it's it's been really good
0: awesome man i I appreciate you uh taking time out your day your busy schedule, to uh, talk a little bit to me and whoever's listening or watching and Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of touch up on the mindset behind healing and, and the, the therapy practice that you you really help people get to it and the, the power of someone's mindset and their journey of recovery. Um, and to tie that back in, tell us how that was for you when you had to really dig deep and overcome uh, that car accident that you were in in 2011, I saw.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Man, there's so many ways that this could go. Uh, I love that yeah, just you, so the question was mindset, right? Like how does that play a factor in all
0: behind the recovery process and just yeah, yeah, getting back sure. getting back to it cuz totally. So
1: speaking of mindset, recovery process for me, myself personally, um I had great examples of what joy looks like, right? versus happiness. Happiness kind of depends upon what happens, but joy is something that's internal and you can call upon it whenever you want. You can put me in a cardboard box and I still have the best time of my life, right? <laughs> so I'm able to harness and, and reap joy whenever I choose. So I would say that mindset in my car accident and everything else, like, man, I I, I definitely felt many lows, bouts of depression, going from almost NCAA champ, ready to be that the the next year, Um, to be stronger physically than I ever have been in my life, just a monster, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm literally, I was the strongest person that I know, like that's it. But I went from that to 187 pounds, just freak muscle to 140 pounds. So I was a skeleton. I was nothing. And I couldn't even wipe my own butt, like literally full independence to can't take care of myself. So with that traumatic brain injury and everything else, man, like I think that uh, I lost so much, but I'm glad that the Lord took that away from me so that I could regain like new established roots that are even better. So when I changed my framing of that, I I realized that in life, I literally have no problems. Musa. I have no problems in life, only opportunities because they're the same exact thing. And that's how I saw literally everything in front of me, whatever the devil, life, whatever you want to call it, whatever that threw at me, it was an opportunity to have a testimony, to overcome, to adapt, to be flexible, to persevere through. And I've been able to use that experience myself through you know, being a verbal, a visible and a vital witness. And I'm never trying to impede my beliefs on anybody. But I love Jesus, and that is the characteristic, the character that I want to resemble in life and reflect in life. So if any of these opportunities right, come at me, that's my opportunity is to reflect those characteristics in those situations, to push through and to show what love looks like because it never fails. So I, w- I would say that, long story short, in a recovery process with my mindset where focus goes, energy flows. And if I'm focused on the problem, the Bible tells me, seeking, you shall find, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm seeking for the problems, I guarantee I'm going to find them. Right. But if I'm mm-hmm. seeking for the opportunities, I wonder what I'll find there. So that's just where my energy always been since that huge car accident. Um, Yeah definitely uh if i could go back i would change it because some other people passed away through that experience and i don't even remember what happened um it's a tough one to swallow but uh i would say that the thing that i can change is this moment so that's that's just been my mindset ever since is to be where my feet are and to choose to see it as an opportunity never a problem so i guess that's uh in short um what I would say to mindset and framing things in that internal dialogue to where those conversations that I had with myself were ones that were fruitful instead of negative and toxic.
0: Mm-hmm. That is yeah. extremely, extremely powerful, man. Cause you, you reframed that whole problem mm-hmm. to an opportunity. So now it's not, mm-hmm. it's not just a burden. It's what can I do with this now? What can yeah. I do with, I'm lucky enough to be here still. Like, hmm. what can I do with it as an opportunity? And you used it to grow and and have so much success now. And I'm sure it was tough giving up the athletics. Mm, you know, that, that's absolutely. a difficult piece, especially when you're a superstar wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: and that's so cool too, that you say that, um, just to kind of spin off that Musa, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, I would say, uh, that was interesting. The role, the role switch, if you will. Right. Coach said, what do you think about being head manager? I'm like, absolutely not. Are you freaking kidding me? Like NCAA champ, that's me. Right. So it's kind of a slap in the face. Like mm-hmm. your dreams may not happen and love is selfless, not selfish. So how can you literally like make an impact every day? It may not be what you're going to do with being an NCAA champ. It might be behind the scenes, Encouraging people, making somebody smile like it's it seems smaller, more micro, but in the grand scheme of things, it adds up. And I think that that award Mm -hmm. being changed my name, glory to God, like that kind of illustrates and illuminates that.
0: Absolutely, because that that definitely leaves leaves your mark there. Yeah. But then also (laughs) on a daily basis, helping people get through their major trauma or issues and just get back to normal life. Uh, is that what inspired you to get into occupational therapy? Or were you already mm-hmm. on that pursuit?
1: I love that question, brother. And no, I was not. I was not on that pursuit. I had no idea what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was wrestle, be an NCAA champ, and figure it out there, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I had interest in physical therapy. As a senior in high school, I did some observation and everything. Um, I really enjoyed just the biomechanical lens of you know, enhancing people's function, right? However, uh, I got into college at Wabash College, super prestigious and way over my head. Um, I'm, I'm so blessed and lucky that I got in. <laughs> but uh, as I was studying everything, they had to do a lot of chemistry courses and everything like that. And I was just, man, this isn't for me, you know? <laughs> so the physical therapy kind of went out the door and I was open to whatever was going to be in my life. And that's when Uh, after my car accident, I I was in every therapy you can think of, right? I had speech therapy, respiratory therapy. I had physical therapy. I had occupational therapy. Um, And yeah, those were all treating separate things, right? I had uh, my ulna and my radius came through my arm here and broke off. My wrist was powder. collarbone broke off my sternum. My lung was punctured. My leg was smashed by the engine that was in the front seat with me. And then I had a concussion with eight brain bleeds. So like, yeah, they were all treating different things. Um, physical oh. therapy was getting me walking again, but occupational therapy was teaching me how to open the door.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right.
1: So what I loved about OT though, aside from the functional aspect, which physical therapists do as well, mm-hmm. was the metacognition part of it, that they address thinking about thinking, right. Mm-hmm. Metacognition to think about how you think what the frick is that right. And that's just so cool that a lot of us just think naturally, right. But have you ever chosen to have a negative thought? No. Musa would never (laughs) choose to have a negative thought. That's not your choice. But you have them sometimes. They just come, Mm -hmm. right? So to be able to think about those thoughts is when you can change those thoughts. So that's what I really appreciated about occupational therapy is that they got me thinking about my thoughts. They got me into meaningful occupations, whether – occupations aren't just a job, right? Occupations are anything that occupy your time. So Mm -hmm. they were getting me to play cards and all these kinds of things. I had no idea that I was engaging in my fine motor coordination, bilateral coordination, memory with the cards, like all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I had no freaking idea that I was like recovering with games, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I really appreciated that metacognition piece of it. And I think that's what's got me on this other trail of just personal development and coaching people on the side and everything else with wrestling, with fitness, with health, like all that kind of stuff. Cause really recovery is in so many different forms. It doesn't have to be where you're bound in, in an inpatient hospital. It could also be to where you're bound in your head mm-hmm. and you're completely functional physically. Right. So I don't know. It's something I learned from Tony Robbins. I'm sure you've heard this. Moose is get out of your head, right? Because when you get into your head, you're dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but I I don't mind staying in my head if I can maximize it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So well, you have yeah. the awareness. You can choose exactly how to respond with those negative thoughts. Because even with uh, any traumatic experience that may scar someone from taking risks again. Or yes. just going after something um, because of that experience. Mm-hmm. So being able Thank to you. not identify uh, with that. One yeah. second. I don't know why Siri keeps popping up on my laptop. <laughs> but <laughs> she wants um, in on this talk too. Yeah, she's like, this is good stuff. No. <laughs> but. Yeah, man. I lost my train of thought because Siri just kept popping up. I wasn't sure if you you got everything I just said, though, right? It was I totally to... smell what you're okay. stepping
1: in. I'm bagging what you're okay. writing, so. I
0: wasn't sure if the mic was stopped because Siri interrupted. But uh, no, she popped up again. I shouldn't say your name. <laughs> uh, Sorry, but I might cut that out. <laughs> sure. Where was I at? Mindset. You were
1: at basically just talking about mindset and like how mm-hmm. you respond to different respond. things.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So, so getting the metacognition piece of it is is really not just about okay, I'm going to gain my motor skills. But can you go a little bit deeper on what you try to develop into your clients or patients to to how th- how they should be thinking on a daily basis because you only spend a small part of the day or week right. or month with them. So right. th- what what kind of guidance do they have for how they should be thinking throughout yeah. their process of healing. For
1: sure. Um, so the guided process of how to find it, I would say, f- starts with um empathy versus sympathy, right? To where I actually am able mm-hmm. to I have the opportunity to listen because I listen to learn and I learn to listen. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I do that, that's when I can really have a genuine interest in what they want and how they see things and not to correct right away. Like, hey, you're being a freaking victim. Okay, like, do you wanna work with me now? Probably not, Mm -hmm. right? So instead I can empathize and be with you in the dump and help you recognize, find what you love and help you notice you don't have to stay there, right? We can both climb out of this together, right here, right the frick now, this moment, Mm -hmm. you know? So I would say that, uh, yeah, that's just a way in which, I am able to. Sometimes all I need is one one treatment with a patient. When it comes to metacognition, um, it might be a few sessions, right? Where I thread metacognition into the physical part that we're doing, right? Um, to get to know them, to find what they love, what what's their why, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know what that is, their why, and yeah. So, I would say that that's that's the the method. Um, With whether it's occupational therapy or uh, one of my wrestlers, um, one of my clients that is trying to achieve their fitness goals, weight loss, weight gain, whatever it is, it's all about just having a genuine interest in what they want, listen to learn and learn to listen. So yeah, that's what I would say is once you can really actually listen to somebody, you'll figure it out like what, it, what's going on in their mind, right? You'll find patterns and you can identify those things with them. And once it's their idea, oh, watch out.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. You uh, get them to start thinking about their why. Cause that's huge. That just yeah. reminded me of Viktor Frankl. Uh, when he talks about man's search for meaning in that book, I think he quoted Nietzsche, Nietzsche. He's like, if, if a man knows his why he can bear almost any how. And that just kind of reminded me of that because you might have clients who had really severe cases or you're 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 living proof of a severe case that's overcome and' is having success and now changing lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were rooted in why you're still here. And maybe you not, didn't know it exactly, but you knew like this is not the end because mm-hmm. if it was, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> right? And then you yeah. had the why that that helped you overcome that gain your strength back your memory your metacognition all that and now is helping you coach people or your doctor like you're changing lives every day praise lord yeah that might be the why that came about at some point (laughs) right yeah And i I think it's maybe when did you recognize that your why was much bigger because i Mm -hmm. don't know like severe car accidents could really go pe- throw people in depression and they might not even okay. know why they're even here anymore. Right. Especially yeah. if someone lost their life in that right. accident, they might yeah. put all the weight on their shoulders. So, mm, you know, man,
1: that's some loaded stuff right there. It is. So what I'm going to do, they say, if you don't like your environment change it. Right. So watch this. I'm going to shut this door because there's a uh, driving me. nuts just a little bit. Oh, there we go. I just realized, We got some foundation issues with this place. So the question was, um, again, how to... What was it again?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did... Finding my why. When did you realize that your why was so much bigger? Because at one point, you were just like, I'm going to be NCAA champion. That's all I care about. Like, that's my goal. Me, 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 me. Kill it, right? But then that happened shifted your perception yes. and now it's like uh, you're here wow. serving people you're healing people you're helping people, you're coaching people you're mentoring people you're speaking wow. to people like right now like yeah so much bigger yeah than what it was before like when did that sure. did that happen? like once you started gaining your motor skills back and you or or when you were just in college and realizing yeah. this is a good opportunity
1: for sure i'll say that it kind of happened in stages right um, it wasn't necessarily a categorical change to where oh this dude's got it down. I still don't right. Like I am always learning, and I think that that self learning that posture is what helps me to thrive right. Um, So I will say that in the beginning with wrestling uh, at college when everything was taken away from me is mm-hmm. when I was able to find like okay it's life isn't just about you right. It's bigger than that. So throughout my my, my story. There's a reason why there's the Jimmy Larue desire word of what happened. Like I kept coming back and then I got shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. Labrum surgery Mm, out. Right. Oh, just tore your ninth and 10th rib off the cartilage fudge. Right. Like all this hard work to get right back into the rehab phase. And my question at first, even, even though I had experienced salvation, by the way, Throughout this process, one of my roommates was a licensed minister. What a divine freaking appointment, right? And he, he asked me to find the gospel and be saved in that way. And then I started having progressive sanctification. So progressive, right. And sanctify what happened was, is I had become more sensitive to opportunity, sensitive to even my sin and sensitive to the fact that I would say, why me? but the question isn't why me, bro. It's what for, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the same situation, but it's not why me, it's what for. And I know what it's for, right? According to my beliefs, like I look at Romans 8, 28 through 29 it says that we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, for those that are called according to his purpose that He foreknew that he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. What the frick does that say? <laughs> well, what that says mm-hmm. is that Jimmy is never a victim because Jimmy loves God and God has a purpose for his life. And that purpose is to be like his son, Jesus Christ, who was the firstborn among many. So what that means is, bro, like when that bull crap happens to me, when those opportunities happen, it is an opportunity for me to, to glorify and to bring out his purpose through it all. If I hadn't been messed mm-hmm. up, people wouldn't have seen me in the rehab hospital rising above and realizing, realizing that it's possible. It's not hard. It's not that it's, I can't, it's possible always. Right. That's mm-hmm. the only two words that I would use. It's possible. Done. Watch me. Cause I will until if it is to be, it's up to me, Lord willing. Right. Now that's not a team approach. Really. It should be. We will until if it is to be, it's up to you, me, and all that choose to see. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of my why was it's not why me, it's what for and that things might be bigger than just my world. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I kept on growing in that and uh, as that happened, I was able to kind of formulate a mission statement, right? Because a lot of people when they don't have their why, they're they're not fulfilled, right? So mm-hmm. with my mission statement development, and this is what I do with a lot of my clients, is I give them a a frame to where they can have that structure and create their mission statement. So what's your, what is your higher power? What's your spirituality? First off, it doesn't necessarily have to be Jesus. Like I obviously advocate for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I advocate for the essentials of that. But if you're Buddhist, if you're Muslim, if whatever those kinds of things are with those different religions, your spirituality is important. So, spirituality is more of a relationship instead of religion, which is a, a bunch of set of rules and regulations, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So, when I look at the mission statement, mine starts with spirituality and it says that Jimmy's purpose, right, is to serve God and to serve others, the first two commandments. So, that's the first part. That's what, that's the why, right? Mm-hmm. By being a, so being this, hmm, have you heard of that, Musa? I did. Yeah. (laughs) Amen, bro. Right. So being this right, it radiates from you. So being a what? And for me, so Jimmy's purpose is to love God and love others by being a passionate, compassionate, loving, wild, impactful. And those those verbs, those those buzzwords change day to day. But those are the main ones. Uh, Playful Mm -hmm. example of the limitless possibilities God has for us when we figure out what the heck life is all about. So if I'm being any of those things in that moment, I have experienced my purpose and I am fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So that's with my patients today, the, the the patients that I saw, all the miles that I drove, the conversations that I had on the phone even. If I encouraged you, right, compassionate, I'm encouraging, any of those kinds of things, I just was fulfilled. So yeah, I'm sure that you can relate, Musa, because that's what this conversation is all about, is how to how to truly master our minds and 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 fulfill our lives with something that's purposeful. So yeah, that's how my purpose has evolved. And that's where it is now is like I've realized that it can be flexible too. Like I've recognized, wow, if I'm playful, if I'm humorous, if I'm if I'm fun, if I am, if I am a, a th- authority or not authority gosh (laughs) but if i am more like assertive right Mm -hmm. standing up and as if i'm if i'm an advocate if i'm all these kinds of things um i get carried away with the beingness sometimes but
0: if i'm any of those
1: things yeah yeah, if i'm any of those things i've experienced my purpose so yeah that's That's my why
0: and the purpose will always drive even if you weren't in a traumatic accident like just building a business or having success in a job or career, being a good parent or Mm -hmm. friend, like your purpose was, was rooted. You had absolute certainty, like Tony Robbins says, you must have absolute certainty to accomplish something. And you, you're just living proof of that. And I want to remind people that you mentioned being this, you weren't Mm -hmm. focused on all the things you had to do, but more about Mm -hmm. how you're being in that moment. Right, being mm. compassionate, being Amen. all those things, right, and and that's that's how we develop and grow, and that's our purpose. Always evolves. Mm. Like yeah, I'm sure, next time I talk to you, you might have a, a couple other uh, changes or evolutions in your purpose, but you're still yeah. on that path because you never stop learning, you never stop growing, man. You're a true inspiration to me, and I'm sure everyone that hears this, because mm. you know you you could have still been like stuck in a victim state right but now like you're doing so much uh, great things Mm. helping people find their purpose like finding your purpose in a a state of after Mm. trauma or or just anything like that right is such a powerful Mm. first step because then in in your spirituality right you you're so your faith was so strong that Mm. it didn't matter what you faced like literally right. like half your body was broken or more, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you still, your faith is so powerful that you chose uh, to make mm-hmm. everything opportunity. You remind me also of uh, something Les Brown said uh, that it's, uh, we often face challenges uh, that are just God ordained, oppor- disguised as uh, God ordained opportunities disguised as problems or challenges. Right. So it's, it's always taking a look at whatever you're facing. Cause we're all going to have problems and challenges, but putting that as like, what's the opportunity here? Like it, yes, everything sir. happened for a reason that yeah. accident happened for a reason. You may not be able to touch as many people and, and mm. and just inspire so many people if that accident never happened. Right. So dude, you're wow. a blessing, man. I don't, I don't know how much time I have left with you, but <laughs> I think I I have to wrap it up cause I want to be respectful of your time. Mm. Any last parting uh, bits of motivation or advice you want to give to anyone listening?
1: Yeah, I think I'll uh, first off say thank you so much, Musa, for letting me be a part of your journey and this opportunity to just help others have the conqueror approach, right? In life mm-hmm. in general, right? It doesn't just have to be business. It doesn't have to be physical. It's, it's all those aspects of life. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I really, really appreciate you bringing me on here. Um, I'd say that there's three things majorly that I always start with metacognition for people. Um, And it's, it's helped me tremendously. It still does today. Every moment is that when you change these three things and they're, they're interchangeable, but one is thinking, right? Your internal dialogue. So when Mm -hmm. we can, I have that, that focus is the big F word is focus. So when I focus, On the opportunities instead of the problems, which is the same freaking thing. It's just how I frame it in my mind. Now I'm internally conversing with myself about that. So that's one is thinking, right? And if you think you can, you think you can't, you're right. Amen.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So when you change your thoughts, you change your beliefs, right? So beliefs is my moral fortitude. It's the principles. It's the thing that I represent in life. It's your spirituality. It's your self-confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I love that with that second, that second level is that if my mind can conceive it, right. So that's fantastic. If my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, then I will achieve it. But that's a two part equation. Musa, you can mm-hmm. think you're going to take me down all you want, bro. But if you don't believe it, I promise you won't. Right. Right. That's it. But if you believe it, bro, I bet you might headlock me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's belief. And I, I actually witnessed this from a guy that uh his name's Nasser. And I hope that he watches this. I'll send it to him. But he's uh from Saudi Arabia and he's one of my really good buddies. And he just came out to my wrestling academy to try it out because your first time's free. Mm-hmm. And uh he put it on every person he went in front of. He's never wrestled in his life, and he smashed a lot of people that have wrestled for like six to eight years. <laughs> he comes out to me and wrestles me. And puts it on me even like, he takes me to my back and I'm like, frick, no, like threw him over and put him on his back myself. But that belief (laughs) put him in a, uh, in a position to almost wreck me, right? Mm -hmm. That's belief, bro. So that was the best example that I've ever witnessed myself had belief put onto me. Like that was awesome. So that's (laughs) belief. You change your thoughts, you change your beliefs, you change your beliefs, you change your number three, which is your attitude, right? Mm -hmm. And your attitude is a reflection of one and two. So if my thoughts and my beliefs are in the dumps, my shoulders, they're not going to be up. They're going to be down, right? Chin up Mm -hmm. or down, probably down here. Smile or frown. Mm -hmm. You can see it, right? So it radiates. So attitude, positive and negative. A lot of people say just be positive. That's not always healthy either, right? Because if you don't address the negatives, they will come get you. You still got to address the opportunities, right? So the way to neutralize that attitude is to trade it for gratitude. And I've just noticed when I'm in gratitude, there's, there's not a thing that can get in my way ever because yeah, I don't know. I've never been in gratitude and been angry and been sorrowful and selfish. It's, it's always been a radiation of light. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I feel like a lot of things that you talk about Musa are those anyways. So Yeah, man, I really appreciate your time and bringing me on here with your journey and helping others do their best to be their best, man. Let's go do this, man.
0: Dude, I love it. I appreciate it. Real quick before we sign off, can you just uh, where can people reach you at best platforms? Because if they want just want some more of more of that great Jimmy light, how can they get you? (laughs) (laughs) For sure, man.
1: So they can look me up on Facebook, Jimmy Larue. J I M M Y. And then LaRue is L A R O W E. It looks like LaRue. Everybody says it that way. It's totally fine. It's how it looks.
0: I think I Um, said it that way. I'm sorry.
1: You did. It's okay. It's not a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, so that's on Facebook, Instagram. I'm Jimmy LaRue on there as well. I also have whole you coaching. So whole you and coaching they should be able to find it Um, or uh, empowered by three. So empowered by, and then the number three, That's my uh, Wrestling Academy uh, Instagram. So, yeah, they can definitely reach out. If they want to reach out to my email, it's uh, larue, L-A-R-O-W-E, and then james14 at gmail.com.
0: All right, brilliant. I'll add all those to the show notes so people have easy access. Thank you, Jimmy. You're a blessing. You're brilliant. Mm -hmm. You're light. I appreciate you so much, man. God Mm -hmm. bless you. Thank you for taking the time out.
1: Thank you, brother. God bless you, man. Love you, bro.
0: That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.